Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 80, Adult, Child, and Grandchild Alienation. It's December 2nd, 2022. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and clearly podcaster. I'm also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is very difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way, and my music is by Howie Moskovich. Adult, child, or grandchild alienation. This is a very, very deeply painful subject, I am aware. And it's also way more common than you might realize because we're mostly not talking about it. And here's the good news. There are some things you can do on this subject, which I'm going to cover. And what I don't want you to do is beat yourself up for anything that I say. That's what a lot of people will do, and that's not helpful. So we've got some good news. So let me just go ahead and jump right in and tell you what I'm going to cover. Well, this is what I'm going to cover. Number one, I'm going to define what I mean. Number two, I'm going to briefly talk about why this podcast might be difficult for you. Number three, I'm going to talk about dysfunctional families. Number four, dealing with emotional pain. Number five, circumstances that can contribute or cause this. Number six, who are you as a parent? Number seven, what is your view of your adult child? Number eight, a non-functional parent. Number nine, a high-functioning shallow parent. Number ten, if your child is in an abusive marriage or relationship. Number 11, post-traumatic growth. Number 12, suggestions to help you with this situation. And then my takeaways and call to action. If you happen to be new to my content, I hope you're going to visit my website at www.lisaalundy.com to enter my current giveaway. Yes, I have a current giveaway. I'm Apparently, I love apparently I love giveaways, and right now I have one that's ending this month, and it, and one that's going to go on until I run out of supplies. So, go ahead and visit my website. Next up is my disclaimer. This is very important. You, as a consumer, as a human being, should get your medical advice or therapy advice from a licensed healthcare provider. I'm not that. So this is not intended to be medical or therapy advice. Now, separate from that, if you happen to be suicidal or you're thinking of harming yourself or you feel like life is too hard or you feel hopeless, I'm asking you to stop right now and make a phone call to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number again is 1-800-273-8255. I am asking you and requesting that you tell people that this is how you're feeling and this is where you're at in life. Because what I know is there's plenty of help available to support you and get you on a better path. It might not be from the people you'd like to help you, but there is help available. So there's that. Now, This next piece is defining what I mean. This podcast is not about parent alienation that happens when you're going through a divorce and your child is alienated from you or, or, you know, so this is not for you going through a divorce with minor children. This podcast is about if you have an adult child and or grandchild that is alienated from you and not by your choice. So if you have chosen to cut yourself off from your adult child and or your grandchild or grandchildren, this is not the podcast about that. 
Now, if you are dealing with the topic of parent alienation, which this podcast is not suitable for, my suggestion for you is that you get with your attorney and you come up with a plan and that you have a really, really high quality good therapist on board for the ride. A forensic psychotherapist would be even better, except for the fact that they are few and far between, so it's probably going to be hard to find one. So you might have to get with your therapist to get them up to speed on psychopaths or sociopaths if you're dealing with that, and you may be if parent alienation is going on. So this podcast is all about if you want to have a relationship with your adult child and or grandchild and that's not happening, contact is limited or there's no contact. And and I do have to say that if there has been sexual abuse, molestation, emotional abuse or other serious situations or traumas, uh, it might not be unreasonable. It might not be unreasonable if your adult child has has decided to remove you from their life and or the life of their children, meaning your grandchild. So if that's the situation, then, you know, it's really probably your best course is to get a good therapist involved to see if some healing work has, uh, is appropriate and can be done. Because if there's been certain types of abuses, it's, it's probably a healthy choice. So, this podcast is if you want to have a relationship with your adult child and or grandchildren and there's either alienation or estrangement going on. So that's what we're covering today. Now, I want to talk to you about why this podcast might be difficult for you. It might be difficult for you to listen to this podcast because this subject is painful, number one. Number two, this this subject is laden with shame and embarrassment. And it's also filled with the difficult emotions, anger, resentment, betrayal, abandonment, isolation, sadness. It's got all of the the hard stuff. And I know that 85% of the population has low self-esteem. And if you're one of those people that has low self-esteem and you're in the 85% bracket, you typically listen to things and feel criticized, judged, and condemned even when that's not the intention. So I'm telling you right now, it is not my intention in any capacity or in any way to judge you, criticize you, or condemn you. That's just not my intention. But my intention is to be honest and straightforward and truthful with you, and sometimes the truth is hard to hear. So I'm very, very compassionate about how hard it is to be a parent. I know how hard it is to be a parent. Like, you know, so what I'm requesting is that even though this might be difficult to hear or to listen to, that you do it anyway. And just notice your emotional reactions. Like if you get angry about what I'm saying, get angry about it. And notice your emotions. You know, I mean, it's, it's this is a hard topic but it's not going to get any better by some fake approach. So, you know, by the way, if you get angry, if you get angry or upset, you know, you might want to shoot the messenger, which in this case would be me. And you can go ahead and shoot me because I don't really care. I'm interested in you having the best life possible. Like no kidding, happiness, love, joy, and everything else and, and deal with your problems. And what I also know, as, as having been a life coach for too long, too, too long to tell you how long, that, you know, to be a highly effective life coach, I have to say very difficult things to the people I'm working with from time to time. I mean, like, difficult, really difficult things to say out of my commitment that they see the truth and their life and their behavior. Otherwise, it's just platitudes and fakeness. And some people are not willing to sit with the truth or hear the truth. And some coaches are not, they're not equipped to be able to say those kinds of hard things. 
So this is the real channel. We deal with real things. And so here's the thing about being human. We as human beings are meant to grow and develop. That's really the way the body is wired. And it's actually good if you don't want to have dementia or Alzheimer's to really get on the path of growth and development because we know that through neuroplasticity that helps you grow your brain tissue. So growth and development, people, is a very good thing and good for you. We're also, as human beings, we're meant to make mistakes. But we're also meant to learn from our mistakes and own our mistakes. We are not meant to be perfect. And some people are living life trying to be perfect. And that's, it's not healthy, it's exhausting, and it's kind of a joke. Because people know you're not perfect anyway. So if you're out there trying to be perfect and, and pretending that you're perfect, the joke is on you because everybody knows you're not perfect. I hate to tell you. It's kind of like when people try to hide their imperfections. Most people's imperfections are kind of there to be seen, even if you're trying to hide them. So this might be your first entree into growth and development. And my suggestion for you, if that's the case, is that you adopt my approach to growth and development. Because I've been growing and developing my whole life, starting at a very, very young age. And so when I learn something new about myself, I'm like, woohoo, like I learned in 2006 that I had zero anger skills. Now, I don't mean I had few or little anger. I had zero anger skills, like none, which we could trace back to my family of origin. And so I was like, woohoo. I mean, I just announced to my children, guess what? I just learned and we're going to do anger differently now. We're going to learn about anger. And everything that I've learned about myself, I look as a, as a gift. So you could look at this podcast as being a gift and an opportunity, or you could look at it as like, oh, woe is me. Well, it's your choice. You get to choose whatever you do. I'm just letting you know up front that this podcast could be a little confronting for you, not my intention, and certainly please don't beat yourself up for it because that's just not going to be helpful. So listen with an open mind. Now, I'm going to start layering this whole structure, this whole parent, you know, being alienated from your adult child and or grandchild in layers. And the first layer is dysfunctional families. Now, we know from the research that somewhere between 70 to 96% of American families are dysfunctional at varying degrees. It's not all the same. So that means that it's extremely predictable and highly likely that when you were a child growing up, that you grew up in a dysfunctional family. That's just what's predictable. It doesn't happen for everyone because it's not 100%. It's 70 to 96%. And there's varying degrees of dysfunctionality. It's not all alcoholics or all, you know, physical abuses. No, there's lots of different things that fall under the category of dysfunctional families. So I want you to just listen to what I'm going to cover now and pause and be introspective and contemplate was any of what I'm going to cover going on when you were raising this adult child. So when your adult child was a child being raised by you, was any of this going on? Was the was there any type of emotional abuse, meaning you were abused by your partner or your spouse? or your children were abused by their father or their mother? Like, you know, was there any kind of, of emotional abuse or physical abuse or sexual abuse? Was, was there poverty? Was poverty present? Was there economic abuse? Well, economic abuse happens in 94 to 96% of domestic abuse. So if there's emotional or domestic abuse, it's extremely likely that there was economic abuse. So was your child growing up in a family where there was poverty or economic abuse? Was there a divorce? Was there infidelity, alcoholism, drugs, 
gambling, hoarding. Was love and affection present in the family when your adult child was growing up? Was there danger? Was there the threat of violence? Was the home or wherever you lived clean? Was homelessness an issue? Did the family move frequently or often? Did one parent mistreat, bully, belittle, badger, etc., the other? Did anyone in the family, meaning either of the parents or caregivers or children, have a health problem? Like, what was the environment that your adult child grew up in when they were growing up? Well, I don't know, but that's a good place to start. Because here's the reality. We have the majority of adults walking around in society who are parents, and who are not parents, but just the majority of adults, who are steeped in denial about their family of origins dynamics. So they are pretending, they have the pretense that they grew up in this happy American family. And, and the majority of cases, that is just simply not true. So, and there are people who will actually go to their grave in denial about the reality of their own childhood. So we're dealing with the problem here of your adult child being alienated from you or estranged or and or your grandchild. So it's not helpful to you to be in denial or pretend that your adult child had a different environment than what they actually had. It's not helpful. It really is part of the problem. So we need to break the cycle of dysfunctional families because you're either breaking the cycle or you're perpetuating it. There's kind of like almost no in-between. Dysfunctional families cause children to grow up and be more prone to, well, low self-esteem, but also addictions. It it's, pr makes them more prone for suicide and suicidal attempts, anxiety and depression, and all kinds of addictions, like just all kinds. So I have a podcast titled, My Parent or Parents or Family Isn't So Good to Me. And that might be a place for you to start if you want to begin the examination of your own childhood, I'm talking about when you were a child, because it's not your fault if you grew up in a dysfunctional family, that you don't have any skin in the game, that it's your fault and, and, it's, and you're to blame. You may have been blamed for things that were inappropriate, like you may have been inappropriately blamed, but you are not responsible for the family your family of origins dynamic. But now we're talking about you as a parent. And you as a parent, what environment did you provide for your child growing up? Like my children, I was dealing with three very painful, very difficult traumas while I was raising my children. Extremely difficult, extremely hard, very painful. It was awful. And uh, it was not hidden from my children. I would have, I would have hidden it if I could. But you know, some people don't don't do that. And and so, could I have done a better job as a parent if I had one less trauma? Well, of course, or two less traumas, or no traumas. Well, of course, I could have done a better job. But if you listen to my podcast about my parent or family wasn't so good to me, you know, there's all these dynamics that you know, adults do when they're raising children that are very harmful. So I'm asking you to kind of wake up and take a look. What was the environment that your adult child was raised in? Because that's going to be helpful. The next thing is dealing with emotional pain. This is a painful topic. As you as a parent, probably nobody ever said to you, oh, and when your child grows up, they might say, you know, go jump in a lake. I'm never going to talk to you. Or, you know, like it's not the kind of thing 
parents are typically prepared for. So this is a very, very deeply painful subject. And my question for you is how do you deal with emotional pain? What's your strategy? Because what I know factually is that more people are lacking emotional abilities than have emotional abilities. People tend to, you know, numb the pain, distract themselves from the pain, you know, be in denial about the pain instead of hitting the pain head on and feeling it. So it's not your fault if you don't have emotional skills because we're not teaching people those. Well, I'm I'm working on teaching those people those skills because that's what my podcasts are all about. I have several about emotions as a superpower and dealing with anger. So, you know, how do you, as an adult, deal with emotional pain? That's a good question. And hopefully you're going to get on the road at some point to learn the emotional skills to be able to manage and process pain because that's going to be wildly helpful. And it's going to help you be healthier. It's going to help you be happier. It's going to provide an amazing role model for your adult child because they're going to see you starting to change. They're going to see you starting to take responsibility for things. And, you know, it's it's a, just one of the best things in the world. Now, you can go online and you can find books on emotional intelligence. That's, that's the subject, emotional intelligence. And you can read all about it. You can listen to all my podcasts on emotions. I've got emotions as a superpower, dealing with anger, sadness, all kinds of loss. You could take a free emotional intelligence test and see how you score. Like, you could. Like, like... Why not? Well, some people are going to take the attitude, if I have to do that much work, I don't want to bother. Well, really, you're a parent and you're upset because your adult child is alienated from you, but it's too much work to get to work on yourself so you have a happier, better life. Well, if it's too much work for you to learn and grow and do new things, then I can't help you. Like You could just go ahead and turn this podcast off because you have to have a willingness as a parent to do whatever it takes to be a parent. Like you didn't sign up for just the first 18 years. I got news for you. You're a parent until you pass away or your child passes away. So I don't mean to sound harsh. And some of you are probably thinking, oh, she's a big meanie. This is the, tr- the truth. Like really, if your child is alienated from you, your adult child, there's a reason for that. And I'm going to cover that shortly. And some of it has to do with you and some of it has nothing to do with you. But the thing to do is to get on the road to growth and development and start working on yourself. So you have emotional skills and you can deal with the pain. Now, I have several reasons why this happens. Why an adult child will be alienated from their parent and or the grandchild. So number one. Your adult child may have anger, resentment, feelings of not being good enough, feelings of being criticized, condemned, not well treated, neglected, or abused from when they were growing up with you as a parent. That's just very possible. And that is one reason why some adult children will alienate themselves from their own parents or parent or siblings. So that's number one. Number two, they might be rejecting your behavior, your statements, your attitudes, or your treatment of them, or your circumstances after their childhood. So that they might not be rejecting you, your behavior, your statements that happened during childhood, but you may be doing things, or you may be behaving in a way, or having attitudes, or the way you treat them as their adults that they're rejecting. And so, for example, alcoholism, drugs, hoarding, like hoarding, being irresponsible, not taking care of yourself, or having questionable or bad people in your life, whether that's men or women, these are things that are painful for your adult child to witness. It's painful. 
it is painful to see you not taking care of yourself. That's painful. And an adult child has the right to say, I'm not going to participate in that. I'm not going to be witness to that. I don't want to see that because it's too painful. So you don't get to force an adult child to watch you tank your own life, ruin your own life. You, you don't have that right. So that's number one. And we know a lot of people are not taking care of themselves. And that is a painful thing for an adult child to watch. It's painful. So what are you doing? Are you doing anything? Well, I don't know. But your adult child could be alienated or estranged from you because of your behavior, your statements, your treatment, your attitudes, kind of what you're doing in life or what you're not doing in life. So that's another reason. And I really want to be f fair here. Sometimes it's the healthiest thing an adult child to, can do is to say, nope, I'm not going to participate that. I'm not going to enable that. I don't want that in my life. So I'm out, which leaves you holding the bag because you can actually control what you do, what you say, whether you're taking care of yourself or whether you're dealing with addictions or what have you. So that's number two. Number three, they, as an adult child, are in an abusive relationship or marriage where their spouse or partner is isolating them from you or from you and other family members or friends. And this is a very, it's one of the most common tactics of a predator or an abuser is to isolate their partner or their spouse from family and friends. So this is a real thing. And this could be one of the reasons. This could be the reason. So that's number three. Number four, they, your adult child, may be struggling in some way and have withdrawn from you and or other people or you specifically. Sometimes when people are struggling, they kind of cocoon. They kind of retreat or they withdraw to try to sort themselves out. That, that may or may not have something to do with you. It may have nothing to do with you. You know, you're not going to know if your adult child is estranged from you or alienated from you by, by their own decision. You're not really going to know what's going on. You, you can surmise, you can have conjectures, you can, you can suspect things, but you're not going to know if they're not having intimate personal conversations with you. But that is another reason that some adults will withdraw or, you know, retreat from their parent. Now, number five, they don't feel safe around you for some reason. And that could be because you don't have a history of keeping your promises, or it could be because of mistakes that you've made in the past. It could be from, for a number of different reasons. Number six, they don't trust you. Different from feeling safe, but number six, they don't trust you. And that could be because of a history of your behavior or actions. It could be because you don't keep your word. You do not keep your promises. When you don't keep your promises, you're not very trustworthy. So it could be because they don't trust you. Number seven, they might, your adult child might feel like you don't love them. Now, believe it or not, this could be the reason. Because it happens more than you know that people don't feel well loved by family or parents. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it is a, it's, a real, it's a real thing, sadly. I mean, it's really sadly. So, you know, like, did you, were you generous with love and affection when they were growing up? Well, I don't know, but that's another reason. And number eight, it could be because you're a toxic person for a variety of reasons. So there's eight very different reasons why an adult child will become alienated from their parent. And all of these things are things you can do about. So I mean, there's something you can do about all of them. So let's talk about the next layer is who is who are you as a parent or who were you? Well, we're talking about both. We're talking about who you were as a parent when they were growing up. And we're talking about who are you now as their parent. So I understand that there are many, many 
issues, circumstances, and situations that make it extremely difficult to bring your A game to parenting. I've already mentioned several of them, poverty, economic abuse, a highly abusive spouse or partner, divorce, infidelity, addictions, etc. Those things make it very hard to have your A game on. I know, like I already told you, I dealt with three concurrent traumas while I was raising my children and it was very tough. But did your adult child, when they were growing up, did they see you going to bat for them? Did they see you working so that they would have a good life? Like, what did they see? Who were you when they were growing up and who are you now? What are your traits and your characteristics as a person? Well, I don't know, but that would be a good thing to look at. What were your behaviors? What mistakes did you make? You know, it's very predictable that you had difficult situations, circumstances, and problems while you were raising children. I mean, that's just like what happens. But who were you? Now, I have apologized to my children for mistakes that I made and things that happened when they were growing up, and I will continue to apologize. And I've told my children I will apologize for things that happened when you were growing up for the rest of my life. And I will. I mean, if I could have prevented certain things, I, honest to God, of course I would have. But it is what it is. So who were you when they were growing up and who are you now? I don't know. That's a good thing to look at. So this is, and what can you take responsibility for? Well, there are certain things that my kids know I had no skin in the game for and I'm not accountable for. But I still take responsibility for what happened, even though it wasn't something that I did. So this is a golden opportunity. Every problem you have in life represents an opportunity. And this is an opportunity for you to look and say, hmm, well, you know what? I was really depressed or I was really struggling. And so this is kind of, you know, I didn't have emotional skills and this is how I handle Like, this is an opportunity but you're going to have to be able to look at yourself and not be like, oh, I was the worst parent in the world. No, don't do that. I'm sure you did the best job you could. That's what parents do. But sometimes when we have really horrible stuff going on, we can't bring our A game. So they get what they get. And But, but there's power for your adult child to see you take responsibility and cop to whatever happened. So my next layer, and this is not going to apply to all of you, but it will apply to some of you. And I know this from being a life coach. And my question is, what is your view of your adult child? Like I'm asking you because some parents have a very negative view of their adult child or adult children. They may think their adult child is a loser. They may think their adult child is pathetic. They may think their adult child will never amount to anything or always makes bad decisions. Like, this is how some parents view their adult children. It is how some parents view their adult children or child. Now, this is a horrible tragedy. This is really really bad stuff because your adult child knows that's what you think of them. They know that's how you feel about them. And that is not empowering. If your own mother or father thinks you're a loser, that is incredibly painful. So it's just not cool. It's not healthy. And the reality is it's not true. What's probably true is your adult child grew up in a dysfunctional family, did not learn, did not develop healthy self-esteem, did not develop healthy coping patterns and coping mechanisms, did not develop emotional abilities because we're not teaching children that, and they're doing the best that they can. So if you view your adult child as a loser, makes bad decisions, blah, 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 then I would really 
pray and hope that you are going to put yourself on the path of growth and development because that thinking needs to be interrupted. I don't mean to sound cruel. I don't mean to sound harsh, but I am being firm because the reality is you are further harming, wounding, and damaging your own adult child by viewing them in that way. You are further damaging or hurting your adult child if you're going to look at them like they're a loser and they make bad decisions and their life is never going to amount to anything you got to stop that and you got to start looking at yourself and you got to start getting to work on yourself because did you teach your child emotional abilities well almost certainly no did you teach your child coping mechanisms and healthy coping strategies for life Probably not, but then you're blaming them for not having what they should have learned as a child. Can you see what I'm talking about? Well, I, I certainly hope so. So stop pouring salt in the wound and start getting yourself, yourself on the road to growth and development, starting with changing how you look at and how you view your adult child. Now, I'm not saying this is like very common. It might be more common than I want to know about or admit to. And and it's not the kind of thing I think they're going to do any research on because it's not the kind of thing people would typically admit. But if you're listening, if you're awake and aware and you listen to how some people talk about their children, then you know this is what's going on. Like, you know, if you listen to how some people talk about their adult child, you know this is what's going on. So that's got to like, that's got to be interrupted and stopped. All right. So next I'm going to describe what I'm calling a non-functional or low functioning parent, because this is very common and I'll have some things to say about that. And if this is you, instead of beating yourself up, instead of going, oh, see, I'm a loser. That's your low self-esteem talking, or that's your inner critic talking, or that's, you you know, you could be playing the victim or the martyr. No, I want you to listen to this, and if it applies to you, go, oh, well, I can see I have some room to grow. Oh, I see, I see I could, I could be celebrating that there's some things for me to learn. So here's the overall general idea of someone who's either non-functioning or low-functioning as a parent. And by the way, there's a global assessment of functioning. That's global assessment of functioning, GAF, scale that you can look on. You can find it on WebMD and all kinds of websites have the global assessment of functioning scale. And you can kind of check it out for yourself. So number one, parents who are either low functioning or non-functioning have to depend on their child to get through life. They can't allow their child to have a life of their own without them, or they micromanage and dictate their child's life to an extreme. You know, in some cases, it's to fulfill their dreams that never came true or to make them mini-me's. They are typically negative, righteous, judgmental, critical, and arrogant. They are kind of what I call brittle people, although that's not like a approved term. That's just my kind of slang for it. They will stop their own child from attending college, culinary school, art school, trade school, or any secondary, post-secondary educational opportunity by refusing to provide the family financial tax information, which, by the way, is on file with the government anyway so that their child can't go off and live an amazing life without them. Yes, people actually do this. Yes, I know people who've done that. Some people, some parents, will not allow their child to have friends. They will thwart or prevent their minor, ch minor child from making and having friends and will not allow or facilitate the activities that are necessary to cultivate and have friends. Yes, there are parents who do that. Now, now in the opposite, in the opposite of screen, in the opposite extreme, I did start two Toastmaster gavel clubs, one in Buffalo, one in State College, so my kids could make friends because I know how important that is to them. 
I know. I was called out by one parent in State College. She said, oh my gosh, you started this club, this Toastmasters gavel club, just so your kids could make friends. And I was kind of like, oh, busted. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, well. A low-functioning or non-functioning parent has a warped view of themselves. That typically means they have a cognitive distortion or some other form of irrational thinking. They may even be what's called an emotional reasoner, pretending like they're really good with their emotions. But an emotional reasoner, while they seem all emotional, they use emotions to reason instead of facts. That's, a, that's irrational thinking. You use facts to reason with, not emotions. You have your emotions, and they play into different things. But using facts is rational. Using your emotions to reason with is not. Continuing on, low-functioning or non-functioning parents can do no wrong. Other people are always at fault. They blame others. They are often abusers, although it's not always, always the case, often the case. Uh, they have low or minimal or non-existent coping mechanisms. They make themselves feel better by putting other people down. And they have low emotional abilities. They're often jealous or envious of others. Even They can be even jealous and envious of people who have nothing. Uh, and oftentimes you have to get to know someone really, really well before you see how non-functional or low-functioning they are because they keep that on the lowdown. Um, so they, these people are toxic on so many levels and very unhealthy, and they're raising children in that environment. So it would be no wonder if your parent prevented you from having friends growing up that as an adult, you know, you might realize the impact that had and you might take a break from your parent. And if you did any of these things as a parent, then it's definitely time for you to put yourself on the road for growth and development. Yes, it's time. It's past time. And, um, you know, because you want to have a better life. And if you're engaging in those things, you, you have to feel horrible about yourself to do those things. So the next category is a high, what I call high functioning, shallow parent. <laughs> I know. Well, so in contrast, this type of parent will outwardly seem very successful, like financially successful, like it looks like to have the perfect family and the perfect children. But here's the thing. They're typically using something to compensate for their lack of emotional abilities. So they, they lack emotional abilities, which, which oftentimes makes people shallow. No, it doesn't always make people shallow. But what I'm talking about is a shallow, high-functioning parent. They're obsessed with keeping up with the Joneses. That's what's important to them because they're shallow. So that means having the right house in the right neighborhood, having their kids have the right education, having the right car, because it's all about measuring up to the Joneses and keeping up with the Joneses. Now, they may use work. They may use exercise. They may use alcohol or drugs on the low down as their primary coping mechanism, but anything done to the extreme isn't really a coping mechanism. It's, you know, an unhealthy way to get through life. They're filling the void of their lack of emotions and shallowness with exercise or alcohol or some other addiction. They may be a hoarder or maybe not. That's just kind of Sometimes it happens. And they're a sad lot because they're empty inside. And my analogy for the shallow people is it's like the chocolate Easter bunny that's hollow on the inside. You know, if you see two Easter bunny, chocolate Easter bunny side by side, you wouldn't know unless the package said, you know, one's hollow and one's completely filled with chocolate. But one's hollow and one's filled with chocolate. Well, shallow people just don't really have that much going on inside. And sometimes children who have shallow parents will, as a result, develop some emotional abilities lacking in their parents and end up parenting their parents. That does happen. And that's also a reason why some adult children 
will become alienated from their parents because they get tired of being the parent of their parent. So it happens from time to time. And this type of parenting leaves just as many scars as someone who's low functioning or non-functioning. And again, I'm not laying blame if you're low functioning or non-functioning or a shallow high functioning parent. You ended up that way almost predictably and guaranteed from your dysfunctional childhood. But it's time for you to break the cycle and grow and develop. Because especially this podcast is about your adult child and or grandchild is alienated from you. And I'm giving you the background and relatedness of all the reasons that might be. And and so you want a relationship with your adult child or your grandchild? You need to get to work. Now, I do want to mention before I start getting into the good news the good news people, if your adult child is in an abusive relationship or marriage, which is common, but it's not every, it's not the only reason I covered eight, seven other reasons. So if your adult child is in a abusive marriage or relationship, they are probably struggling. That's number one. That would be typical. That would be normal. What would also be typical or normal is them being in some level of denial about it. Because when people get into abusive relationships, the analogy used frequently in domestic abuse is it's like boiling frogs. You put frogs in tepid water and they're swimming around happy. They don't try to jump out of the pot. And then you just ever so gently turn up the heat, turn up the heat, turn up the heat. And by the time they realize it's too hot, they have lost the ability to jump out. So if your adult child is in an abusive marriage or relationship, they could be in danger. They could be in denial. They could be struggling, you know, and immensely. And it might take a lot for them to escape. So you want to be there for your child. You want to, you know, and you also want to know this could be a family pattern because quite frankly, it often is a family pattern. So this is all the more reason for you to get on the road of growth and development if you know or if you believe that your adult child is in an abusive marriage or relationship because they're going to need you and you can be very valuable to them. But the way you're going to be most valuable to them is by getting your, your life together, getting yourself together, being a role model, and then being able to support them at some point down the road if they are awake and aware and ready to leave. All right, here's the good news. Out of all this terrible stuff, like, and I know it's, I, I, listen, I have had every bad, painful experience life can give you. I have, and so I know. I'm not laughing because it's funny. What I'm laughing about is because every problem is an opportunity. So let's say right now we're talking about your adult child is alienated from you and or your grandchild or grandchildren. So this is an opportunity for you to use pain to your advantage. The psychology term for that, by the way, is called post-traumatic growth. This is a painful situation. Hopefully you're going to go, yeah, it is painful. You know, you don't have to be ashamed or embarrassed about it. I mean, you can be, but you don't have to be. But you could take post-traumatic growth and use this to take advantage of the pain. So what is post-traumatic growth? Post-traumatic growth is where you take pain or a serious life challenge or a loss or rejection or bereavement or grief or something difficult. And you use that as, as an opportunity to become a better version of yourself. That's the first part. And the second part is, as you become a better version of yourself, you find that life is richer and more rewarding as a result. Well, wouldn't that be a great thing to do with this painful mess of your adult child being alienated from you? Yes, it would be a really great thing because then you'd get all the benefits. Like you could take this horrible 
awful thing. I mean, it's painful if your adult child has cut you out of their life or isn't speaking to you and then you don't have access to your grandchild. Like that's painful. It's deeply painful. So why not become the best version of yourself? Yes. Yes. Because you'll be happier. You'll be healthier. You'll be having this amazing life. Or you could just suffer and be sad. I mean, like it's kind of a, your choice. So here's my questions. Are you, it's time to get your own house in order. So this is the straight talk here. And you could, you could beat yourself up about it if you want, but I've already told you not to do that. So are you taking care of yourself? As I walk around, when my kids were little and we would go grocery shopping or we'd be at a big box store or somewhere, when they were very little, I would say, look around, look around, look around, look at the people here in this store. How do they look? And my kids were always kind of amazed, like, wow, they don't look very happy or they don't look very good. Are you taking care of yourself? Well, if we walk around in society, we know most people aren't taking care of themselves. And that's painful for the people who love you. It's painful to watch someone you love not taking care of themselves. So you're going to put that on your list. Are you dealing with addictions? Do you have addictions? If you have addictions, what are they? Like, are you pretending in some area of your life? Well, that's that's common. It's called denial or, you know, it's you know, like it's time to get real, like to start being real and authentic, that you don't have to be perfect, that it's not your fault if you were raised in a dysfunctional family, which is predictable, but it's time for you to celebrate and say, hey, you know what? It's high time I had a happy life. It's high time I started taking care of myself. It's high time I started being a better role model for my children. So here's some questions. Number one, do you have a cognitive distortion? Because if you have a cognitive distortion, that's a form of irrational thinking. And that's, that's shooting yourself in the foot. I have a whole podcast about cognitive distortions. Don't be a woe is me because you can deal with that. But you've got to deal with that because that's like the same thing. My analogy in that podcast is it's like looking at yourself through like a fun house, funny mirror where your image is all distorted. If you have a cognitive distortion, the view of life you have is distorted. It's not rational. It's not accurate. And that's just shooting yourself in the foot. So the first place to start, one place to start is deal with any cognitive distortions and, and like, Really, you could not, don't have to be morose about this. Number two, do you have low self-esteem? Well, we know 85% of the population has low self-esteem, and we know that's often traced, most often traced, almost always traced, to a dysfunctional childhood when you were growing up. But you could deal with that because that's also affects you. It deeply impacts your life and not in a good way. And you can build self-esteem. All right, next, emotions. Well, we know you were raised in a family, most likely, almost 100%, where there weren't, you weren't taught how to use your emotions. Well, your emotions are your superpower. People, they are like the major superpower. It's like Spider-Man and all the superheroes combined. But you have to learn how to use them. So I'm going to give you a couple things to focus on before I, I wrap up with some final suggestions. So number one, deal with a cognitive distortion if you have one, which is likely. Number two, start working on yourself so you can build self-esteem. Now you don't work on self-esteem per se. So everything else I suggest is going to help you, though, indirectly build self-esteem. So number three, start working on your emotional abilities. That can be a wildly delicious, fun ride. Number four, start taking care of yourself. Seriously, I have a whole podcast on self-care and self-compassion, and you've got to do that and make it fun. And you'll probably look younger and you'll feel so much better. You'll feel like, oh, wow, I, why didn't I start this sooner? Well, probably because you didn't learn it when you were growing up. So number four is self-care. Number five is boundaries. So I didn't really talk much about boundaries, but boundaries is an issue for many people. They don't have boundaries or they have 
skewed boundaries or they have inappropriate boundaries. So you want to have healthy boundaries because that's going to have you help you have an amazing life. Number six, have healthy coping strategies. Well, many times no, no one teaches you coping strategies or coping mechanisms. So people fall into, you know, watching too much TV or doing drugs or alcohol or overeating or hoarding or this or that or this or that because they don't have healthy coping mechanisms or strategies. So get those. Next, number seven, have a life outside of your children. I'm a wild fan of that because it's a good thing. It sets a good role model. It's good for you. It's good for your children to see you having a life because some parents, they don't have a life outside of their child and it's, it's just too controlling and it's smothering and it's a reason some adult children will alienate their parent. Next, learn to control your mind. I have a whole podcast about that. It's that's really cool. Um, there's lots of ways you can do it. I mean, I give you ideas in the podcast, but there's other ways to learn to control your mind. Then you're not brooding, you're not ruminating, you're not getting into overthinking or catastrophizing. These are things that people do who haven't learned how to control your mind. So learn how to control your mind. Next, number nine, deal with your issues or problems. Well, I don't know what your issues or problems are, but we are typically not training young people and children how to deal with issues and problems. So I have a whole podcast about that. Deal with your issues or problems. Because that could be the reason your adult child is alienated from you. So those are nine things to focus on, but I'm going to add a few more so you have choices because, <laughs> of course, I want you to have choices. All right, so here's my, my last... Oh. A whole bunch of other suggestions. So, um, number one, are you currently in an abusive relationship? If so, that's a good place to start, and I have uh, materials that will help you with that, and I understand how complicated it is. I have dangerous people in my life. I know all about that. So, that's a good place to start, though, because it is a reason some adult children will cut themselves off from you is because it's too painful for them to see you being abused. So are you in an abusive relationship? If so, that might be the place to start. Number two, this is going to sound a little harsh, but I think sometimes, you know, you have to be firm or you have to be rigorous. Number two, grow up stop it. Whatever you're doing, you know, you're, you're feeling wounded by your child. You're so hurt and all this stuff. Look, you're the parent. You are the parent. So you need to stop taking things so personally and get to work on yourself. Like be able to admit you made mistakes, be able to admit you're not perfect, apologize, take care of things. I mean, we have some parents who are literally parenting but they're parenting like they're a five-year-old and the minute their adult child says or does the wrong thing they're like ah, you know stop it grow up some of you need to hear that like every day all right number three do an inventory of yourself yes listen you're a good person and you have great skills and great abilities so make a list of them and let it in let it in that you're a good person. Let it in that you have these skills or these traits or these abilities. Let that in. And then you're going to make a list of the areas that you could tweak, that you could grow. Because that's what grown-ups do. Number four, start taming your inner critic. This is a problem for most people, and so it's a journey you go. So everybody has an inner critic, and the inner critic's job is just to say nasty, nasty BS to you. Like, it's nasty. And you can go on a journey, which is very fun, actually, to tame your inner critic. And that's amazing. You really want to tame your inner critic, because that inner critic, until you tame it, is just constantly popping up and saying, see, you're a loser. See, you didn't do that right. See, that's not good enough. See, you know, like, no. Tame your inner critic. And I have a podcast on self-care and self-compassion that will help you with that. Because sometimes some of the issues that you're looking at right now 
could be because you have an, a raging inner critic that's never been silenced or, or told to, to bug off. So get on that. I mean, and of course I recommend that you make everything that you do fun because that's, a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of fun. All right. So I already covered the things I already covered. The nine things were the identification and dealing with any cognitive distortions Building low self-esteem. Well, low self-esteem will get handled if you do all the other stuff. Starting to grow your emotions to be a superpower. Self-care, having boundaries, learning healthy coping strategies, getting a life outside your adult children or grandchildren, learning to control your mind, and dealing with issues or problems. Those stay on the list, and we're going to add a couple more things. Take responsibility. For the family and the family environment that your adult adult child grew up in and apologize wherever you can. Like even if it wasn't your fault. Like my kids saw me mistreated. That wasn't my fault. But they still saw it and it still had an impact. And I still take responsibility for not being able to fix that or change it despite like over the top efforts. So Take responsibility because, you know, like there's so many circumstances, you know, that aren't your fault, but it impacts your child who's now an adult. So apologize and take responsibility. N next, learn assertiveness. That'll help you in so many ways. And it's really a cool thing. Next, I recommend you build a team. Life is hard. You don't need to go it alone. Everything's more fun when you have a buddy or a team. And you can name your team. You can make all kinds of parties and events and have a reward system. I highly recommend reward systems. I use them. They're fun. Um, take people with you. There's very few people that don't need to build the exact same skills that you need to build and grow. There's very few people. And if you have people in your life who already are great at self-care or they have good boundaries or they have some skills in areas that you're not so skilled at, guess what? They're probably going to be jumping up and down and cheering you on and want to be on your team to support you because they're going to be so happy. Because happy people want other people to be happy. Healthy people want to have other people be healthy. That's kind of the way it works. That's why it's so great to be happy and healthy. And on this journey, I, I so strongly recommend that you start healing from your wounds. Because it's very likely you're wounded by your own childhood or divorce or this trauma or that trauma. And you can heal from all that stuff. You really can. Healing is amazing. And I highly recommend it. Now, you may want to consider doing some healing work with your adult child and or grandchild that you're alienated from with the help of a good therapist. And I strongly recommend that with a good therapist because you know, that's probably going to be the wise way to go about it. But if you get to work on yourself with all of these things that I suggested, guess what? It's going to be apparent to other people. Like I know from being a life coach that when people start to work on themselves, self-care, self-compassion, uh, you know, identification of cognitive distortions, learning, learning even how to be happy, that people in their life see the change. They might not remark on it right away, or they might just be observing, but people can tell. Like, so the last piece I have here for you as a parent who's alienated from your adult child or your, your grandchild is for you not to give up for you to continue to, you know, like say if you're, if you're truly estranged and they're not talking to you, which is common and it doesn't mean you are a horrible person. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean any of that stuff. I've already covered that, but you can write them letters and save them. You can still get gifts for them and save them. I mean, I wouldn't be sending 
gifts to your adult child and or your grandchild or grandchildren if you don't know that they're receptive to it. Save it until things get patched up. But you could write a letter to your grandchild every year on their birthday and several times a year. You could keep a journal like I'm just thinking about you and I love you and I miss you. But make it the good stuff. And and if you if they're open to the gifts and they're open to receiving them and you know they're going to they want them and they're going to keep them well sure then that's fine to give them gifts but but if they're in an abusive relationship and their spouse doesn't want your adult child to have anything to do with you they're probably just going to throw away the gifts so i would personally i would save them if it's a an abusive marriage or relationship so that's kind of like the first pass on this, I could just say so much more, but you know, you understand, look, you did the best job you could as a parent. That's the rule of law. And you didn't do it perfectly. I didn't do it perfectly. Well, I'm just thankful I did enough good things because, you know, it was very, it was a very difficult time. So here's your takeaways for today. It's time to recognize that it's predictable that growth and development are going to help you wildly with this problem. It's going to help you wildly. And it's time to start working on yourself for real. Like when was the last time you really went to work on yourself for real? And the third takeaway is it's time to build a team, at least get a buddy, make this like a deliciously, wildly fun, amazing, playful journey. Because I have a podcast about being playful and fun because that's, I'm a fan of that. When life is hard, when your life has always been hard, you might, you might make a decision at a young age that you're always going to be fun and playful because you know about having a hard life. So my call to action is get on the road to growth and development. Take people with you and for sure share this podcast because there's a lot of other people who could benefit from it that you might not even recognize. Okay, that's it. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast. Episode number 80, Adult, Child, and Grandchild Alienation. I hope you're going to immediately put yourself on a path of growth and development because you can and because you deserve the best life and your adult child or grandchild deserves the best life you can give them by being your best self. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get the new ones automatically. Don't forget to visit my website and enter my giveaway. And I hope you hang in there. Like, you've got this. I love you. Take care for now.